everyone, welcome to The Exchange Daily. Today is Friday, April 3rd, 2020. We've created this podcast as a way just to meditate on scripture and to ground ourselves in the presence of God. We also just want to stay informed and connected. Um, This really is a time for us to move toward each other and not away from each other. And so today, I just want to draw your attention to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. Uh, This will be our passage, our meditation for today. Uh, This really is a a very unique and important psalm. Um, This psalm is quoted by Peter in the book of Acts. This psalm is known as a messianic psalm, meaning uh, David wrote this, but it also it speaks of David, but it also speaks of the the Messiah. Um, it kind of has one of those dual meanings uh, or like a double reference. Um, and so this is just an incredibly important psalm. Uh, we know that David wrote this because in the New Testament, just the authors say that David wrote this. And um, before we we really even read this, let me just give you some some background on this. Uh, you might see if you open up to Psalm 16, it says a miktam of David, a miktam of David. Uh, there's really a lot of ideas about what does that even mean. There's two thoughts. So when it says a miktam, what is a miktam? There's kind of two thoughts around this. It either means gold or golden, or it means hidden. So some say there's like hidden gold in this psalm. Like it meaning this is an important psalm. That phrase is also used about Psalms uh, 50, 56 through 60, but basically it seems to be saying that this is gold, this is some good stuff, or this is some hidden mystery treasure kind of a thing. And so um, let's kind of look at this of Psalm 16. The main idea is David really crying out and he's acknowledging that God will not abandon him. Now, I don't know if you've ever felt abandoned. Can you remember as a child, like being, you know, get you got lost from mom at a grocery store and you're wandering and that feeling of just abandonment is, you know, obviously she didn't leave you, but you're like, my mom left me. And there's just like that fear that overwhelms you. Or maybe even as an adult, if you feel like no one's checking in on me, no one cares. Why hasn't anyone reached out? And maybe you just feel that sense of abandonment. Um, this is really saying, God, you, you will not abandon me. You will not abandon my soul. So we're just going to read verse one. Uh, verse one says, preserve me, O God, for in you, I take refuge. Preserve me, O God, for in you, I take refuge. Now, when was this Psalm written? Like what was the context? What was happening around David's life? We're not positive, but this Psalm seems to fit the context of first Samuel 23, Uh, This is when David was fleeing from Saul. Remember, Saul was king, uh, and David was just at this time one of Saul's greatest, or if not the greatest, military officers he he had, Uh, and David led them against the Philistines. And so Saul, at one point, he loved David. Uh, David married Saul's daughter and became Saul's son-in-law. And Saul, his father-in-law, is a madman. He's paranoid. He's fearful. Saul tries to kill David several times. His son-in-law. Probably a lot of father-in-laws want to kill their son-in-laws, but just, you know, can't. Um, I'm sure they all do. But David is really fleeing from his his father-in-law, who's king. He's being hunted by him. I mean, this would be terrifying. Just an army is coming after you. You know, there's paranoia in the king. 
And so David, in 1 Samuel 23, he's in, in the wilderness of Ziph. And if you remember, Saul's son, uh, Jonathan, just loved David. And, and Jonathan's like, you're going to be king. Don't worry, nothing's going to happen to you. And so in this chapter, Saul finds out where David is, and he's going to kill him. We're told that David is hiding in the rocks. Saul surrounds him and is about to catch him and kill him. And then suddenly a messenger comes running to Saul and says, Saul, the Philistines are attacking our land. And immediately Saul and his men had to leave and go save their city. And David escapes and he calls the rocks, the rocks of escape. And that's possibly when he wrote this. He just said, preserve me, preserve me, oh God. I'm going to trust in you. God, I'm looking to you. Uh, Verse two says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. That's, that's fascinating. I have no good apart from you. Um, God, you are my, you are my, my goodness. Um, you are the greatest blessing in my life. You are the best, the highest good in my life. It's just, there's nothing apart from you, God. This is just David's soul crying out to God. And I just want us to like even slow down. I have no good apart from you. Think about that. You know, is this something when we pray, we say, God, you're, I have no good apart from you. First of all, you're my righteousness. You know, without you, I'm nothing. My fault, my sins just create this chasm between me and you and, and you've bridged that chasm. God, you are my goodness. But you're also, you're just the best. You're, you're the only, you're, the, you're the, the main thing. In verse four, David just goes on and says, the sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. He Listen to that again. Those who run after other gods, they're, they're just gonna have more sorrow. He goes, your sorrow will increase if you pursue other gods. So the question is, who is your God? Like right now in this moment, who is your real God? What is your functional God? What is it you wake up and live for and serve? Um, David said, those who serve other gods, he goes, their, their sorrows just multiply. You know, we can all say, God, you're my God. But what is our functional God? Is truly God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Is Jesus, is, is Elohim, is God? The God of the Bible, the God we wake up and pursue we know, we love, we, we're just seeking after. He's like, or is there some other functional God? Those who pursue other gods, their sorrows multiply. You know, I think right now either it's possibly a relationship you're pursuing. It's just self-indulgence, ice cream, Netflix, nonstop. That might be my problem. Uh, but it, it's one of those things where I think we constantly can turn to other things to find or to give us meaning, to give us value, to give us weight. And he says, those who pursue other gods, he doesn't even name those gods. He's like, if you're just pursuing other things, uh, it's going to lead to sorrow. In verse five, he says, but the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. Now that is an interesting phrase. God, you're my chosen portion. Let me clarify. When the nation of Israel crossed into the promised land, remember there are 12 tribes and the book of Numbers, God, he divides up the promised land to the 12 tribes. But what was interesting is he never gave the Levites any land. And what God said in Numbers 18.20, he said to the, to the Levites, the priests, he said, I am your share and your inheritance among the Israelites. Now, in one way, you can imagine getting that news and you're just maybe sad, like, wait, everyone gets land but us? You know, practically, you're like, so what about us? But what a beautiful thing. God says, I, I am your inheritance. I'm what you get. And, and David, who's king, who's not a Levite, said, God, I've, I've chosen you as my portion. I want you. You're more important to me than the land and the kingdom. That's what he's saying. God, you're way more valuable than the kingdom. I just want you. 
Verse 8, he says, I've set the Lord always before me. And that's unbelievable. I set the Lord always before me. I, I honestly I honestly want you to like stop right now and just say that phrase in verse 8. So say, I have set the Lord always before me. I have set the Lord always before me. In some ways, even me just saying it, you, you feel hypocritical. Like I've set the Lord always before me. Like whenever something takes priority in your life, you remove that, you, you really replace it with the Lord. You put the Lord back in your vantage point. When your mind begins to wander, when fear, when doubt, when frustration, when loneliness, when all these things kind of creep in and you're just saying, I've set the Lord always before me. Now, here's what's interesting. This psalm, like I mentioned, is, is referred to in Acts uh, chapter 2. This psalm is a messianic psalm, so you almost want to read it as even not just David, of course, it, it is the context, but it's referring it to really Jesus in a profound way. And that's not just us like looking into it. That's the New Testament saying that. Uh, this is the psalm of the resurrection. I mean, n- next week is Holy Week. You guys know that next Sunday is obviously Easter. It's, it's the day Jesus resurrected. It's the greatest day in human history. It's the day we celebrate and we just long for, we love. And uh, this is the psalm that really speaks of the resurrection according to the New Testament. So here it is, Psalm 16, verse 10. David writes, You will not abandon my soul to Sheol, to death, to, to separation, to hell, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's so much worth uh, slowing down and just thinking about in this in this psalm. But David's saying, first of all, you won't abandon me. God, you've not left me. If you feel abandoned right now, know this. God has not abandoned you. You will not allow your, your Holy One to see corruption. But really, this is Jesus. This is the truth. This is, it's so much greater than I'm, I'm not abandoned because Jesus, Jesus took on us, took on him, the sin of the world. Jesus died and faced, faced the grave faced death, but three days later rose again. And so really for you and I, Jesus did not see corruption. His body did not corrupt. It resurrected. It rose again. And then he speaks of, God, you you have, you have make known to me the path of life. And this is Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the life. David's like, you make known to me the path of life? That's Jesus. The one who did not see corruption. The one who is not abandoned in Sheol. The one who rose again. And says, if you believe in me, you too will rise. And we are approaching Easter. And we are approaching just the resurrection of Jesus. And this is one of those Psalms I hope you will go back to and read next week. Or at some point. Or open this up yourself. Not just listen to this podcast on this Psalm. But to slow down. To meditate on that. To thank God for not abandoning us. Um, I love the ending. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When we're talking about seeking the presence of God, I mean, this is what we have in mind, that when we slow down and say, God, you want to meet with us, we want to meet with you, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. The thing I'm really after is found in you. That joy, that that excitement, that contentment, that peace, that fun, all of that, in your presence there's fullness of this, of joy. You know, I've heard it said that People, people will say, oh, Christians, you can be just so heavenly minded, you know, earthly good. 
Like you're just always talking about heaven or thinking about heaven, you're no earthly good. And I, I do get what they're saying in some ways. But but really, I think the only way to be earthly good is to be heavenly minded. I think the only way to have earthly value in a sense to bring value to earth is by trying to bring heaven to earth. Is saying we're seeking first the kingdom. We want to be in the, we want people to experience the presence of God. That's where there's fullness of joy. God's right hands are pleasure forevermore. I think there's just this lie a lot of us have, have believed that whether it's boring to seek God or it's not exciting or you know and when you really embrace this of God in your presence there's fullness. In your presence, there is meaning. There's pleasure forever. There's pleasure. There's enjoyment. Jesus says, let, your not, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many dwelling places. And I go to prepare a place for you. There, there's a side of it where God, at God's right hand are truly our pleasures forevermore. You see, David goes, show, show me this path of life. You will. And, and that path of life is Jesus. And so, listen, here's you know something I want us to just to enjoy or think about. Um, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can even think of all the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Just spend some time thanking God for the person of Jesus who is not abandoned in Sheol, whose soul did not see corruption. Thank God, meditate on heaven, meditate on the fact that you will be with him in his presence. And also we, we here now are seeking to experience that, to enjoy him and his presence. Listen, God will not abandon you. So what I want you to do today practically is let's be like God. How can we be like God? Um, maybe you need to right now reach out to someone today. Maybe it's not just, oh, why has no one reached out to me? Maybe you need to reach out to someone today and just text them. Hey, I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. I love you. How are you doing? Um, this is the Psalm of the resurrection. This is the Psalm where there's new life. This is the Psalm where we realize we're not abandoned. Um, for our exchange church community, listen, we talked about this. We're doing this thing called hashtag Jesus changed my life. And we're asking that you just go to our website, that you read about how to make a little testimonial video and share this truth. Uh, this Psalm of the resurrection is, is true. It's something we look back to, we celebrate. So why don't you, please, I, we just would love our whole church to do this, to make a video of just saying, here's my story. Here's how Jesus intervened and changed my life. And the resurrection happened and it's still happening and it will happen. And if you want to experience newness of life, you too can have this and it's found in Jesus. And we're just going to encourage everyone to do that. So please go online, read about that, be a part of this. We love for the gospel to get out, for people to hear more. And then at the end, just invite them to hear our church, hear another church, anything. We just want people to hear the gospel on Easter. And so you can send them um, our, our tag, our church's tag, and say, hey, watch this live stream at this time on this day. And we love for them to be a part of this. Listen, um, we hope that these psalms are a blessing to you. If they are, and you just like to subscribe or rate or just review this, um, that would be so helpful for us. Um, remember, you can stay connected and be a part of a Zoom group. Just visit theexchangechurch.cc. That's it. We love you guys. God bless you. Cannot wait to see everyone in person. Miss you guys so much. See ya. Bye.